Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Good Podcast. It's Friday. Well, it's Friday for you guys. This is Friday's episode. You know I record this on Wednesdays, but it is Friday for you guys, so hope you're having a great day. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. If you haven't been here before, this is the Porsche Good Podcast, and this is the episode where I chat with uh, my co-host. He hates being called a co-host, but he is with Steve. Uh, Steve's coming all the way from Sydney, Australia, and Steve owns a 997.1 GT3, a beautiful car, and he's owned air cools before. Um, you guys that have been to the podcast before know all that, but I'm just, I always have to remember there's new, there's new listeners, and sometimes new listeners come in on the latest episode. So just to, uh, just to give a bit of a brief rundown of what the podcast is all about. Anyway, we talk about all things Porsche here, and uh, I'm going to get Steve. We do this uh, via Zoom. Um, as you know, I'm in Bahrain, and Steve is in Sydney. So let me get Steve and let's start chatting and see what's uh, what's happening in Steve's world and, and how long he's going to be with us for because he's about to go on maternity leave, leave, maternity leave, as I mentioned last week. So let's see what's up with that. All right. Be back in a sec. Okay, we're back. We're back, everyone. Steve's here. Good morning or good evening, Steve. How are you going, mate? Hi, mate. Uh, yeah. Do you like that formal introduction? <laughs> that was more formal, wasn't it? It was like... Very formal. Oh, Mr. Steve. Um... Yeah, well, right, thanks. So, same deal. I'm a little bit on edge, a bit tired, but all good. You know, it, everyone's going to think that you're always like in a bad mood. You know that, don't you? I am. That, then, then they're right. It's accurate. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, um, episode seventy-six. I know that's not important for a lot of people, but I, I like numbers. I've always been. I've always been interested in math and. <laughs> And number 76 means something. So we're almost at 80, Steve. We're going to be at 80. Special um, edition. Special edition number 80, yeah. So it's uh, it's getting there. All right. So, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to call this podcast today, Steve, but mm-hmm. I've got a couple of titles in mind. Um, and the listeners are probably going, <laughs> what are you going on about? Right. But I want to ask you something it. because this is something in advertising. And, you know, I studied marketing, as you know, you know, later in, later mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I can't remember look, what it's called. Look where that and I, got you. And, and I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, right? And it's an advertising yep. thing. So when yep. what is it when you say you're number one without being number one? You mean a lie? Yeah. Well, no. There's <laughs> that thing in advertising where if you say it, then the people yes. in the in the audience, the people you know, the consumers will think they will start yes. to believe it. So you say, "I'm we're number we're number twenty five in the you know the top you know biscuits yeah. in Australia." or we're number five of the top biscuits in Australia, or we're number five in the top t- Telstra provi- providers, telco providers. Yep. What is that called in advertising? Yep. Do you remember? Mm. Oh, there's seven principles, yeah. I don't know which yeah. one that one is. See, You're talking about things like um, herd mentality, like herding and stuff like that. Um, there was something that it was oh, called. I can't remember. And there's probably adver- yeah, other yeah, advertising yeah, yeah. people listening going, you're an idiot. I know what it's called. But I can't remember. You know what I mean? I was trying to remember it before the podcast and I could have just Well, I never studied. I, I stumbled into the kind of industry. So no, <laughs> um, but you I did. never did a marketing kind of degree or anything like that. But No, but you spoke. You, you know, you did, you did advertise. You, you um, taught fellow people who wanted to come into advertising, right? You did that advertising. Yeah, but that's creatives. That's creative, not marketing. Creative, yeah. The, the, not, the sort of stuff that you're talking about is slightly different. No, I'm not it, talking about I marketing. Know, I, no, 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 it's not marketing. It's one of the five Ps, but it's part of advertising. And it's the thing where you actually price something. You you say something and it's a, it's a you know, thing that you do where it comes true. Anyway, so this is why yeah. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to the point here um, is that okay. I think this episode is going to be called the number one Porsche podcast. 
I think wow. I'm going to call it the number one Porsche podcast. Now, if I don't, mm. I backed out, which, you know, sometimes I do. But I think I'm going to call it that because... Why? Well, because last week we were number one in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So I think that, yeah. you know, I think that if, if we're number one in Bahrain, I can actually call this podcast the number one Porsche podcast. Now, if you're a in podcast Bahrain. that hasn't been number one in anywhere, I'm not sure how you can it's... call it the number one Porsche podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway. I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea, no. <laughs> no. I'm just getting rattled well, by certain things at the moment. I'm getting rattled by certain things. All I things. can say is that it's all lies. I'm going to have a bit of a rant, actually. I'm getting rattled by certain things at the moment, right? Like, I'm not... Mm. <clears throat> I really like this doing this podcast, Steve. And mm. I really like doing yeah. it with you. And you and I are just chatting. You know what I mean? Chucks, mate. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need fame, right? I'm not one of these people who thinks they want to be well-known or whatever. You know what I mean? In saying that, I really appreciate all the comments and all the people I'm meeting. And that's what I like, the community of it. You know what I mean? I don't need to have any Mm -hmm. type of, let's call it fame in inverted inverted commas. It seems there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people in this space, um, a lot of people in this space who appear to be, who come across as being genuine, but it's really just about their own, their objective. You know what I mean? And Right. I still don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, and I kind of get, I'm kind of getting a little bit of annoyed, where huh? things that um, that started here are being yeah. imitated elsewhere, okay. and and it kind of it kind of bugs me, and it bugs me down to the words as well, and I, I just don't know why people do it, but anyway, that's it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you've lost me, but it's okay. Keep going. Anyway, welcome back to the number one Porsche Porsche uh, podcast. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, all right, right. All, wise. <laughs> all right, Steve. Um, Porsche Good Owner Stories. Uh, Porsche Good Owner Stories this week. You haven't watched it, have you? You haven't listened to it, I should say. You can't watch I it. Did. Oh, I did. Stephen Stephen with a boxer. I did. I listened to it when I was driving to see my parents quickly today. Yeah, and I was really, I was really happy to have um, a Boxster owner on. I was happy that Stephen was in Sydney. Stephen's the first. Yeah, I enjoyed um, it. Yeah, he's uh, he's the first um, Boxster owner that we had. Um, I liked how he he had patience. He's a bit like me. He's got the patience. Um, he waited for two years until he got the one he wanted. It was a two mm. year search, and I can kind of understand. I can kind of understand that, Steve, can't you? Because Boxster manuals, a Boxster manual six speed. Six speed, right? They're six speed, aren't they? Yeah, or seven yep. speed, six speed. Um, it might be a six. Yeah, Boxster manuals are, um, you know, they're not easy to come by. Um, and you know, I like how Stephen was really, you know, he was sure he wanted a, bo- a Boxster. He wanted it in manual. He wanted it in guards red. You know what I mean? And he waited yeah, I was until. Surprised at that number. Did he say like it was ten percent in, yeah. in Australia or only manuals? And it's like, wow, that's so low. I have no idea. It is low, isn't it? It is very low. Yeah, really low. And I know you pointed out too, which is um, the fact that you would have thought that that type of car generally, because it is sort of more like what I would kind of term a sort of driver's car because it's an involvement car or experience car because it's topless, two-seater, you know, blah, blah, blah. I would have thought that um, it would skew more to kind of um, manual, but clearly not. I mean, I guess it's um, me showing my age again. Like, I just I was very surprised at that. I would think that the earlier models in 986s and 987s, I would have thought, well, 986s actually, I would have thought the 986 yeah. would have a higher percentage of boxers in the manual. 
I don't know, just for the time yeah. and when it came out. Yeah, same. I same guess same. when it goes into PDK, you know, there's probably a lot of people that want PDK, but then the Boxster can be such a great driver's card with a car with a mid-engine layout, you know, in either the standard or the S. You would think you'd want a manual. I don't know. I mean, if I, if I was looking well, for one. look, you know, it's a great, great daily car. Like if it's the sort of thing that you were kind of going, hey, as opposed to sort of like a Sunday weekender type thing and you were going... I just want a reliable thing. I just want to, you know, drive to the office and back. Um, my uncle did it actually. He kind of bought a used one just at some point. He's had a few boxsters. Um, so I, if if you were if that was going to be your use of it, I could maybe then sort of understand why there'd be more PDKs and you know early Tiptronics kind of thing. But I still, yeah, I don't know. It just surprised me. Really surprised me. But you know. It- yeah, it, it surprised me as well. But at least, you know, he got what he wanted. Mm. He waited. Um, mm. Stephen's a friend of Craig's in Sydney as well. Craig, who's been on the podcast before with the blue um, 997. So they're mates. Uh, I know they go on Porsche Club New South Wales drives. They actually, like, you know, use their membership, Steve, not like you. You don't go on any <laughs> of the drives. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you went on the not drives, you could meet all these people. You could meet Stephen and you could meet Craig, you know. You could show them your car and mm. chat about the podcast. You know I'm a hermit, mate. <laughs> Um, so that was the Yoda story. So make sure you check that out um, with um, Stephen and his uh, 981 Boxster, the first Boxster, Boxster owner we've had on the podcast. And, you know, it, uh, we're going to have a few uh, – there's going to be another Boxster owner coming up. There's going to be some Cayman owners coming up. And I think it's appropriate because, you know, the Boxster's celebrating, as we discussed in a previous episode, Steve, it's disgusting. It's, uh, it's disgusting. It's celebrating its 25th year mm-hmm. in the Porsche universe, Porsche universe. The no. 986 came out 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wonder how sales of their um, 20, 25th edition thing is going. Yeah, I saw a post from someone who said it was really good. Oh, Ray Schaefer. Ray Schaefer, isn't it? Who's the Peckler guy in the US who put a post on his Instagram and he said it was really good. Right. I think it would be really good. I, th- I still think, though, I, I wouldn't buy it. I think we said this last time, didn't we? I would buy the. Mm. Um, in fact, I wouldn't buy the GT4. You know, I, there's something I don't know if the GT4 has the the new GT4 and the the, the Spider. Do they have the same rear? Mm. Do they have that same arrow on the rear, underneath near uh, the exhaust? Oh, the diffuser. Yeah, uh, the diffuser. Uh, yeah, I think they do. I don't know. Actually, I don't know I was what... going to chime in. I think that's that's why um, the last thing that. Um, Stephen sort of said to you is that um, the 25th anniversary doesn't have a centre exhaust. Yeah. Um, I'd say the reason for that is because they made a big hoo-ha about the latest um, Boxster came in sort of having that diffuser, which is why the exhaust um, was split again. Right. Um, so that's the reason so why. I think, yeah, because of that diffuser arrangement. But it... It would make more sense to have it because, the you know, I think what I said is that I always remember the box of two things, how wide it was at the rear and that centre exhaust. And they were the two things that I remember so clearly when I first saw it. You know what I mean? Like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, but I I reckon they've just, um, they've gone aerodynamics first because even like the new, the upcoming GT3 looks like it'll have a diffuser. And, you know, like when I sort of say, like I think, most modern cars have a sort of diffuser arrangement in terms of the undertray and all of that sort of stuff, but the literal kind of like race car diffuser seems like Porsche sort of avoided kind of going down the um, cliches, like a lot of road cars seem to kind of have that set up, but only in look as opposed to kind of function, but looks like um, they've kind of, you know, they're sort of fully following the motorsport type um, design. 
Yeah, for me, I, I don't like the rear. Um, the GT4, the one they have at Autohouse Hamilton, which I saw on their website the other day in the blue, blue the blue one, yeah. you know, it's, it's well-specced and everything, but that image of the mm. rear, for me, I, that diffuser, it just, I don't know, it's something about the line of the diffuser and the wing on the GT4 doesn't work, but on the Spider, um, and that was what I was getting to again, that I would, I would pick the Spider over the GT4. I think as a car, mm, as a fun car, the it. new Spider, and I think the the back somehow looks more resolved. That diffuser with the humps somehow it works in a <coughs> works in better, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think if it goes back to sort of like the centrally mounted exhaust, I, I do actually kind of prefer that as a look. I don't like a purely aesthetic um, thing like the latest. Boxster came and how they've kind of split it up with the two little sort of circular things. Not, yeah, not yeah. my cup of tea. But I, I don't actually, I don't particularly like it on the nine nine twos or even nine nine ones. How they sort of did that as well. It just right. looks a bit odd. Yeah, to true. Me. Looks true. a bit TT ish. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, hmm. All right, so that was that's owner stories this week. So make sure you have a listen to that if you haven't listened to it already. Um, give Stephen a follow on Instagram. His Instagram's in the description. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's s.j.foster. I think that's his Instagram. But have a look in the description of the podcast. It'll be there. Um, and also the podcast, <clears throat> the owner stories, and every other podcast as well. And I never really mentioned this, and I should. It is on YouTube. It is put up as audio only. I think there's about 130 people that like watching it, or listening to it on YouTube. So I put it up for them. It messes mm-hmm. with the YouTube algorithm a bit, but it's okay. Because um, I know mm-hmm. there's, there's a few people that keep telling me that they like listening to it on YouTube because they don't really listen to podcasts through podcast sort of means. I've also had a few people comment. Could you be bothered splitting it out? No. Could you be I'm bothered not gonna... splitting it out and making a separate no, channel for it? No, because then it's like everything you've. Too much pain? It's too much pain because then I've, you know, because I've got 4,000 odd subscribers on YouTube, if you split it, yeah. then you lose all the benefits that you have for having that. You know what I mean? The verification oh, okay. and all yeah, the. Yeah. You can't stream yeah, and then right. you have to get to at least 1,000 subscribers. It's just. I, it's just too difficult, Steve. I mean, it's okay for people like Matt yeah. Farah that did it for Smoking Tire because he had, you know, you know, he's complaining about it. He got like ten thousand, yeah, yeah. ten thousand subscribers in a second. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not going to happen yeah. with with uh, with my YouTube channel, that's for sure. Um, yeah, right. But anyway, it is on YouTube. I just want to remind that because I never, I never sort of mention it, and it is on YouTube. And the YouTube channel is just Michael Bath. It's not Porsche Cooled. If you do a search for Michael Bath, it'll come up. Sometimes another silly name will come up, but that's a really old YouTube legacy name that comes up which is very bizarre but it still appears sometimes but if you do michael bath it'll come up mm. so the, the i just want to keep on owner stories just for a second steve because there's a really good one coming mm. up next week um next week we've got um mark coming up from the uk mark's a really nice guy that i've been chatting to he's got mm. an 80s uh cassis red 911 carrera um mm. i really like cassis cool. red so that one's coming up so people should you know put that in their diary because that'll be next tuesday and then the week after mm. we have a modern 911 Porsche good owner story coming up, Steve, with uh, Elliot. And Elliot's uh, got a 992 Carrera S. He's owned it for two weeks. Mm, he cool. bought it in one of my favorite colors. Uh, and Elliot's from Adventure? the US. Elliot's from, no, no. No, the safe one. Polo <laughs> <the> Silver? <laughs> the GT, GT Silver? GT Silver, yeah. yeah GT right, cool. Silver. Still a great color. I love it. Um, yeah, but Elliot, yeah, Elliot's it. story is a good one too because he's got a new modern one. So his first first nine nine two owner. Um, Elliot's also a really nice guy. He he lives in Seattle and he's actually um, he's actually a critical care doctor in Seattle. So he's been working a lot with all the COVID oh, cool. stuff going on. But so that was a really good chat I had. Uh, you know, 
a week or so ago with Elliot. So two coming up, Mark yeah. and Elliot. So they're the next two coming up on um, Owner's Stories. Cool. We had another, um, and getting onto that, speaking of Elliot, we also had another uh, Patreon um, Porsche Cooled Exclusive Plus member on Patreon, mm-hmm. which is 10 US dollars a month, supporting the podcast, helping us keep talking, etc. cetera. Um, and that was Elliot. Uh, Elliot's actually, Elliot actually joined okay, Elliot. after I spoke to him. So thank you again, Elliot. I know I've thanked you um, privately, but thank you again for doing that. Much appreciated. And um, anyone else that wants to join Porsche Cooled Exclusive or Porsche Cooled Exclusive, but plus five or $10 a month, um, just head over to Patreon and just search Porsche Cooled and our page will come up. Much appreciated. Um, what else, Steve? Apple reviews and ratings. You always like me talking about these things, but I just like to give shout outs to people because people go out of their way to write this. And I sent, I'm not going to read the reviews here because they're, they're quite long. Like the people that <laughs> did the reviews are quite long. I sent them to you. You've read them. Well, you've read yeah. a couple of them. Um, Elliot gave us a review uh, titled The Inclusive Porsche, Porsche Podcast. So that was a really good review. So thank you, Elliot. Um, then we had another one from Brody Dock in Great Britain. Uh, great introduction to all things Porsche. Uh, thanks for that, Brody. And then the other one was B. Wiener 32 US. Uh, and that was the one I sent to you, Steve, which was, um, uh, you know, it was a really nice, uh, really nice review. They're all good reviews. Oh, that but one. This, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And cool. um, it was a it was a great review. And, you know, we're very humble, Steve and I, and we, but we do really appreciate it. The fact that, you know, that you guys are actually enjoying it and and that you still want to come here and, and, and take up, use an hour of your day just to listen to us uh, banter, as I'll call it. Porsche chat, as I'll call it, all the things that I've always called it, um, what we do. True, Steve? Yep. Yep. There's a fair bit of rambling that goes on here, but it's all good. Banter. Porsche banter. Porsche chat. Ramble. Porsche <laughs> chat. All right. Um, 912. Um, the 912 situation. I should let you talk, Steve. I'm going on and on. I'll, I'll, I'll just get into this 912 thing. 912 thing, 912 thing, people say, how's your search going? And I'm getting people um, through Instagram, Steve, who are sending me, you know, 912s, which is fantastic. Um, I did inquire uh-huh. about one. I did inquire about one at um, in New York, uh, the one I oh, sent you. E. Yeah, the 912E, which is a little bit on the high price. Um, the guy sent me, you know, the guy was really, really helpful. I have to say Cooper Classics, they were. They were really, really helpful. Um hmm. I'm not going to go ahead with it because, you know, it was sold at RM Sotheby's for quite a lot less. Um, mm-hmm. Then I found something else about it. It was a Haggerty's, and I don't know how well to trust Haggerty's, but it was a Haggerty's appraisal of what they thought when the car sold at RM Sotheby's last year. So they gave their two cents about what they thought about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what it was here, but, you know, it, it didn't inspire confidence in me for that, for that car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sold. And like I said to someone online, there's another one coming up, a 912E, if anyone's looking for one. Um, this looks like a really good one coming up at Beverly Hills Car Club. I have been told stories about Beverly Hills Car Club. I'm not sure if they're true. Um, but there is one coming up at Beverly Hills Car Club in a blue. It looks like ice blue metallic, Steve. It's that ice blue metallic mm-hmm. color from the 70s. So it's a really good color. And it looks it's an unmolested yeah. original car. And he took a picture of it in a garage and they're being delivered. I asked the guy how much it was going to sell for. He said we don't have it in have it at our shop yet, so I can't tell you. Um, I thought they mm-hmm. would have already worked it out, but so that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, and then somebody, I think it was Mark, was it? Someone sent me a someone sent me a burgundy one yesterday with tan leather interior. I'm sorry, oh. I can't remember who sent it to me, but it was tan leather interior. Um, 
not really my my taste, but you know, it's not a bad car. But you know, all these cars, Steve, they're all um, they're all increasing in value very very quickly. You know what I mean? Mm. And we're going to talk about this today about air cooled to water cooled and water cooled to air cooled and and also the value mm. in in either you know either sort of generation. But you know, these you know nine twelves used to be cheap. You know, they're not cheap. Even the nine twelve E, it's not cheap anymore, is it? Um, they're all becoming expensive. It's a it's a real shame. Um, it it is a shame because talking, yeah. I was talking to, having a chat with Scott at Autohouse, sort of saying to him when he kind of started up his business, he's the partner, like with Grant in the um, sales sort of side of the business. Like, did you ever anticipate when you decided to kind of get into this that um, Porsches had become, you know, so dear? And he sort of said, no, you know, no idea, not really. Um, You know, it's become sort of like this sort of appreciating asset type thing, you know, just like, art and houses and all these other things. And it's like, yeah, it's just bizarre. I'd, you know, like it's really, it's interesting because I think we all kind of talk about it, but if you take a, take a little step back, I kind of go, it's a little bit of a shame because it used to be this sort of attainable kind of sports car that most people could possibly kind of get into. And I, you know, like if I didn't, if I hadn't have bought my car, however long ago it was, um, there's no way that I could afford to get into it now. Like it's just, it's, it's kind of getting to that point where it's almost out of reach for, you know, like sort of um, enthusiasts as opposed to kind of, you know, the wealthier sorts of people, I suppose. I yeah. that a bit of a shame. I mean, Porsches were always expensive new, but, you know, depreciation, you could always get something old at a good price, right? They were, you know, we all remember the yeah, days. Yeah, it's just sort of like, um, it's like a performance car kind of thing where, you know, almost like a, you're into cars and it's a bit of a rite of passage. Like I guess you'd probably get to, a, you know, an M car, BMW or something like that. And then, you know, it's almost like maybe you sort of could never really kind of get to a Ferrari or whatever else, but you could always almost sort of go, oh, well, you know, if you make sacrifices, you work hard, blah, 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 you get to a Porsche and that yeah, would kind of yeah. be your dream. Yeah, true. But now it's so hard to kind of get to that. And then, you know, we're probably about to talk about, you know, air and water and, you know, how maybe having one of each would be great. But, like, bloody hell. Well, that's Porsches. a dream, isn't it? That's a dream, though. But yeah. what price can you do it at? What is the lowest price you can do it at? You know what I mean? Um, yes, yeah, super dear. And, and I don't know. I think, you know, I'm, we're tarnished a little bit because we remember when these cars weren't expensive. And, it, yeah. you know, I say it's not that long ago and I, I say 2004, 2005, 2006, you know, and I think, you know, the prices that we used to chat about when we'd have a coffee about what we saw on in the paper at the time mm. when we read the Sydney Morning Herald, no online in the Sydney Morning Herald, they, they yeah, appear. Yeah. That's where yeah. I remember seeing it. Um, yep. You know, and they, you know, your G fifty eighty eight is you know twenty nine thousand or twenty five thousand for a bad one. Yeah, and I, look, know? I understand too. Like, um, they were still expensive back in those days, but I guess just that to me, it just really does feel like they're kind of becoming more and more out of reach. Um, you know, yeah. sort of for like a everyday kind of person or enthusiast. If I would have bought but, three air-cooled 911s when I bought my Audi Avant station wagon new, which would be about <laughs> the same amount of money, three 88 G50s, uh, how much better yeah. off would I be today? Not only would I have three G50s, I, I would also be, you know, financially better off than what I was on that car, which yeah. I lost every cent from it. Um, all right. Um, so that's it. Not much, not really much on the car looking front, Steve. Um as I said, we've got a few um, personal issues. We're trying to like, you know, 
<laughs> work out how to, I understand. how to do stuff in London and stuff like that. So it is a little bit on hold, yep. but people always ask me the question. So it's easy for me just to say it on the podcast instead of um, answer everyone yeah, when, sure. they, when they send me a message. Um, hey, yeah. I had an idea. I had an idea. You already know this. You're going to laugh when I bring this up. I had an idea for a T-shirt. People say, why don't you do a T-shirt or a sticker? Right. So mm-hmm. I thought I'd tell the listeners I had an idea for a T-shirt. Now, mm-hmm. Porsche Cool Podcast, if you use the letters from Porsche Cool Podcast, it stands for PCP. Now, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if everyone knows what PCP is, but you could have a T-shirt. <laughs> no, you lost. You, you <laughs> it, was, it was lost on me. You could, have, there, but, you, know. you could have T-shirt. You could have PCP is my drug of choice. And this reverts back to, mm. you know, people saying, you know, Porsche is my drug of choice. Porsche is my drug of choice. Well, Porsche Cool Podcast, PCP, is my drug of choice. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know... I think PCP was the, the drug of rock stars, wasn't it? Angel dust, I think they used to call it. So I have no idea. Man. I don't know whether it's politically <laughs> correct or it's the right thing to do. It's the right message to put out. But I thought about that in the gym the other day and I thought, that's quite funny. I quite like that. So let me know. Send me a DM and let me know if you like that T-shirt, if you'd wear it. Maybe, maybe there'll be people out there who want to wear it and I can make it, Steve. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, tell me about your drive. Tell everyone about your drive because everyone likes to hear about your GT3 and how it felt and, and where you went. So where did you go on the weekend? Um, so my mate, my mate who recently bought a 997 GT3, similar, very similar to mine, white, but um, uh, no club support package. Um, he's been kind of fully getting into it. He had his car fully serviced, reached out and just sort of said that he was going for a really early morning drive on Sunday with um, his father-in-law, um, who remember last time I told you, um, drove, rode his BMW, what was it again? A thousand S1000RR, is it, or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, 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 sport bike. Um, yeah. so his, his father in law bought himself a Cayman. Uh, oh, really? Which one? Yeah, not a 718, the one before that, 981 Cayman. Um, so brought that along. He said to me before we kind of headed off, he's like, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to keep up with you two. And it's like, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to keep up with me because I don't drive like a loon. Um, and I was right. Anyway, so, yeah, we just went up for a drive um, back up to up north, you know, starting up Old Pack Highway and then um, going inwards again, but this time towards Pete's Ridge. I have to take you when you okay. come back because it's great drive again. Really good roads. You um, know, the listeners are saying, you know, Steve's saying he doesn't drive fast. When I'm following Steve, I can I can just barely, I've got to like floor it to keep catch up to him. So I'd hate to think what your friend and his father-in-law yeah, is driving at because, because you you are actually hard to catch up with sometimes too. Like you, your grip around mm. corners and I'm I'm a little bit safer around corners than you because I still don't, I still don't trust I the still grip. Put that, yeah, I still put that down to the tires more than anything. I know what you're saying. So I, for, the way you just described that, that's how I sort of felt with trying to not necessarily keeping up with my mate, um, but he certainly drives more aggressively than um, I do. Um, but there's lots of fun. Like it's really, really quite fun trying to chase a similar car that makes a similar noise. You get kind of, yeah. it's almost like you get to look at the the arse end of your own car, which you obviously never do because you're always driving it. Yeah, um, true, true. And I got to say, like, it looks looks good from behind. Um, makes lots of good noises, all of that type of thing. Um, I, I still think the 997 GT3. I mean, the photos you took of your car the other day, which you know, those photos you yeah. took at the term at the yeah, container yeah. place, they were great photos. But you know, you still see so many GT3. You know, the GT3 is advertised on car sales, for example. Some of them at the moment. Mm. The photos mm. don't do the car justice. 
you know, when I when you, when your car comes into the garage, uh, you know, in Sydney, mm. and you know we're mm. about to go for a drive, and you stand next to it, and you see mm. it, and you hear it, and you know you're standing up, and it's at the right level, and it's just such a wonderful shape. And even when Natasha and I, when we're following you in that car, when we're going out to you know the, the Royal National mm. Park. You know, mm. the, it's just the side and the vents in the back bumper, you know, the vents and the wheel yeah. and, and how it just all comes together when you're behind it and you're at the right level. But I see so it's many got a nice photos. Stance to it. Yeah, it's yeah. got a great stand, Steve. And you see, but you see so many photos and they just, I don't know, it looks a bit, I don't know, wing heavy and it just doesn't look right in some of these photos. I don't know how people can make it look it so terrible. It's, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. It kind of looks um, wider in real life sort of thing, a bit more squat. Much wider. Um, particularly much... when you're sort of down low. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It's good, good, really good drive. Um, and Someone mate... told me actually, can I just interrupt? Someone told me, they said, you know, I agree with Steve. They said, they said you're going to get sick of a 912, Michael, buy the GT3. Once again, I can't remember who told me this, but I, I mm. did laugh when I said when I read it. You're going to get sick of driving a 912. You know, just get the GT3. Just get the 997 GT3. Uh, I just think you should get the GT3 first and then go to the 912. That's that's all. Like yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? So yeah, my mate, um, my mate, because it's like he's I don't know how many months it's been now for his car. He's super enthusiastic. It's kind of fun to watch and have the chats and all that kind of thing too. But um, he was intrigued about um, my exhaust setup, so he just sort of said, "Ah, oh, you know, like um, that he'd like to have a listen to it." So we were at the cafe in Pizza Ridge, and it's like, "Mate, just jump in it, drive it." You know, there's no point because uh, you know um, there's only one way to kind of figure out whether okay. or not he. Uh, so he kind of jumped in the car, and um, <laughs> it was interesting to kind of hear his reaction. And then we were having chats on text afterwards as well. So um, what did he think so, about the numeric and the sound of the two I'm interested interesting, in? Interesting, yeah. So the sound, definitely liked it much louder. I was right. Like, and I reckon his car, his car has a centre bypass, which I had prior to this current arrangement, but I still think his um, is a decent amount louder than mine was, so what you experienced. Um, so he quite liked it, um, didn't think that it was kind of too loud. I think he was pretty keen on it, so he was asking all those sorts of questions. He sort of said to me anecdotally he thought that my car revved more cleanly and a bit quicker, but I reckon that's just the exhaust. I, I, you know, I think the Porsche factory is quite famous for sort of being quite consistent in terms of its um, build. I don't think it's sort of like a Ferrari or whatever where one car makes quite a considerable amount more power than the others. I reckon their tolerances would be, you know, pretty, pretty on par. Right. Um, numeric shifter was interesting because I said that to him. He kind of got in and then he was, you know, just quickly acclimatizing. And I sort of said, Oh, you'll find. I, I said to him what I said to you, which is, I think you'll find the kind of shifter um, quite different. And he didn't. He sort of said, Oh, it feels a bit tighter. But I, really? from my memory, it's heaps tighter than the standard one. Did you drive? You didn't drive his car? No, we didn't have time. Uh, he he offered because actually afterwards, like um, after we'd gone separate ways, I sort of said to him, "Oh, you know, like um, tell me just uh, tell me what you think. Like, um, is there a big difference between our cars?" Yes. And um, he wrote me a sort of fairly lengthy kind of text, sort of saying that he felt like it was tighter. My car was a bit tighter and stuff like that. But 
I think what he hadn't accounted for was um, I've got buckets in my car and his has just the standard sports suits or the comfort suits. The buckets do give you a completely different feeling, don't they? You do yeah. feel like it is. Yeah. You're, not, you're not moving. But it could be your yep. suspension as well, but your suspension's stock, isn't it? Yeah, uh, apart from the DSC controller, which I mentioned to him, but he didn't. He only drove in a straight line. He didn't. We didn't go through any curves with him. Like he literally sort of drove it for like about five minutes, if that. Right. Is his suspension standard? Yep. It is. Yep. So maybe he, it's a DSC the... DSC controller then. Mm, don't think so. What he sort of said tighter, because uh, funnily enough, he was saying that he's got some creaks and groans coming from. Ver- excuse me, various parts of his car. And I thought I had said that to him, which I know I've said on this podcast before, which is um, GT3s are curious things. Like they, they make all these kind of weird-ass noises everywhere, like creaks and rattles and sort of buzzing with kind of various um, frequencies in the engine and stuff like that. And at first you kind of think that something's wrong with the car, but... Um, you look it up online and then you start to kind of just realise that it's part of the character of the car. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't find your car overly noisy. I, the thing that I always hear is the roll cage. That's the thing mm. that I always notice is the roll cage, that pinging noise or whatever that sound is that you, you usually Yeah, hear. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Even when so, I'm a passenger in your yeah. car, it's always – but you get used to it. I mean, I think I would – I think if I owned one, I think eventually I wouldn't mm. even hear it anymore. It'd when just, you own dis- one, you It'd just disappear when, when, when I get some money. You when get, I get yeah, some you money. Get, you get used to it. So yeah. it's it's all um, it's all cool. Very so what else? Um, so he's happy though. He's generally happy. Sorry, the the, the father-in-law's Cayman is that a? Um, so we're talking about water cool cars here. So this is water cooled, right? But yeah. so yeah. the the guys, the, the father-in-law's Cayman is a Cayman S or just a Cayman? No, just a Cayman. The base Cayman and a PDK as well. Um, nine eight one. So so the same as the Boxster that Stephen has nine eight one generation. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, I was actually thinking that as I listened to the podcast. Yeah, I think that's a really good generation to get. You know what I mean? I don't know how much Beautiful those 981 Caymans are. You don't see S's come no, up very often in, in – you don't see them come up very often in manual though, even in S. You see GTS's come up, but GTS's and 981's are they're, – they're very expensive still. Very, very expensive. I don't follow – I actually don't follow it on mm, the – I think um, they're 120 the or 130,000, the GTS's. They're quite exy. Mm, yeah, okay. That's pretty – yeah, it's – Sort of up there, but they're, they're really beautiful cars. Like um, I've driven, have I driven a 981? I think I have. Um, you had a loan car, didn't you, once? Didn't you ever say you had a loan car? Was that a Boxster? Yeah, I think I've had two. Two, and I've driven quite a few different sort of different generations of Boxsters as well. I really like them. I really enjoy it. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're definitely sort of Porsche. I'd, you know, like if I had um, money to burn, I'd love to get a Boxster. Yeah. Um, There's that box of spider for sale on car sales, but it's a, you know, PDK button, old-fashioned button, one on the uh, steering okay. wheel. I mean, I guess you could yeah, change right. the steering wheel of paddles. You, that's easy enough, right? You could just change it because it is PDK. I still want a manual. I definitely want a manual and a box. Yeah, but that's the only one available. They're dried up, actually. I noticed there's a guy on Instagram in the US, oh. Flat 6 somebody, I think he's called. He's just bought yep. one. He just bought one and he's getting right. delivered and he's been posting pictures of it, a white one, which he's getting delivered. Right. Um, it's apparently got no miles on it. I noticed that came up, and I thought that was interesting that he's bought the, the Spider. And there was, there was, I think there was four for sale in Australia at one stage, manual and PDK, all in white. Mm. I think they were all white, Steve, mm. weren't they? Um, it came in more than white, though, didn't it? It came in another colour as well, I think, that, that mm, sure. Spider. Um, but they're all, they've all dried up. Um, there's a, there's a um, 
There's a Cayman R for sale at the moment. Someone's got a white Cayman yeah. R for sale in Melbourne, in mm-hmm. Brighton again. Mm-hmm. Brighton is always a place mm-hmm. where you find the best Porsches for sale, as Steve's car came from there too, it is, isn't it? <laughs> what is it about Brighton, eh? I don't know. Brighton, it's like, it's just Porsche Central. I love it. I mean, yeah. anyone from Brighton, yeah, tell yeah. me why. Uh, I think Nick, who's coming up on a future owner stories, might live in that area, might live in that region. Oh, I'm not sure, him. Nick. Um, but yeah. I'm going to ask you that question, Nick, because I don't understand. Brighton and Brighton Porsche and anyone that comes from Brighton, always the best 911s are in Brighton, in Victoria. Yeah. What's going on? Or Porsches yeah, in general. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yep. I guess it's an affluent area, so that probably helps. Yeah. All right. Um, and what about your service? You want to talk about that briefly? We're really going to, we're really running out of time here today. How come we're, we're 40 minutes already? Um, um, there's nothing to say about it. I just booked my car in. Yeah. Major service or minor service? Which one is it? It's minor. Pretty sure it's a minor. So hopefully. So the middle one. To exit. There's no, there's nothing kind of that I can sort of feel or see in my car that needs working on. So. <laughs> Famous last words, Steve. Don't yeah, say no. that. Don't say that. <laughs> like yeah, you're touching lots of wood. And they go, oh, well, you have to like, you know, these things need to be changed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like after that, that podcast we did, however many episodes ago where I kind of just outlined um, my basic kind of maintenance kind of costs and everything you know i've had a pretty good experience so it's all good yeah i'm going to talk to um nick in melbourne actually nick in melbourne's going to be on the podcast um mm. uh, at architect driving on instagram if anyone's interested mm. um nick is going to be on the podcast i'm going to re- i'm recording it this weekend actually um but it won't come up for oh, a cool. few weeks but uh, i want to talk to him about his gt3 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully we have enough time in the hour to talk about everything but i also want to talk about his gt3 because um you know, because of the service and he did track days and stuff like that. And I know you're interested. Yep. So if you have any questions, yep. if you want me to ask Nick, Steve. Um, yep. um, so that's coming up. So that's another good one. I mean, this, you know, there's lots of people's coming up on the owner stories. I keep talking about it, but, you know, you guys are just, you know, everyone wants to be on owner stories, which is fantastic. So, yeah, it's cool, man. you know, I th- I th- and this, this segues into the next bit, I guess, because air to water or water to air, Steve. Um, and I know mm-hmm. you found an article about it or a, or a forum post. We don't say what forum it's on, but you found a forum post about it or forum thread, I should say, about people yep. talking about this. And it does yep. come up a lot and it has come up a lot in the podcast with me where, you know, um, you know, there's been people who have owned water, uh, air-cooled, mm. and have gone to um, – uh, sorry, they've owned air-cooled. Yeah, they've owned air-cooled and they've gone to yep. water-cooled, like uh, Andrew at 911 yep. South who had the 993 yep. and now he's got a 991.1. Yep. Um, then there's yep. other owners who have gone from water, like Jack, who, you know, the Sunburnt Lobster at the Sunburnt Lobster Jack, who's got the, who had a 996. He sold it to Friends Green Porsche. I think it was Friends, Friend Green's Porsche, yes. isn't it? Um, and then yep. he went to air with his 911S. So he went from a 996 to a 911S. Um, yep. Who else? Nick from the Classic Series. Um, Nick, um, who I'm going to give a shout out to, who was very kind to share his um, invite to his only invite he had to Clubhouse to me so I could put Porsche Good on Clubhouse. Um, so I want to say mm. thank you to Nick online for that because it was um, very generous of him to do that. So thank you. I know those invites are not easy to come by at the moment. I know it's only social media, but apparently it's really hard to get in there. Um, so Nick had the 944. He had a 944 before he had his 912. So he went from water to air. And then, yeah, yep, yep. then you got Ajmal, you know, all this, this thread, you know, we're getting into it, all the thread, you know, got Ajmal at Flat Cap Driver uh, on YouTube and Instagram. You know, he has both. He, he, you know, he couldn't decide, so he bought a 996 and then he bought a 912. So he's got the great he's comparison. He's a very wealthy man. So, yeah, Ajmal <laughs> is a very wealthy man. Ajmal, you're listening, you're a very, very wealthy man. So Ajmal's got both 
Um, sure, he found Can the I cheapest just... 996. Sorry, Steve, go on. Sorry, just quick one for Ajmal because he reached out to me on Instagram <laughs> challenging me to some thing that I pretty much didn't reply to. Ajmal, mate, like um, I'm really sorry I didn't reply to you, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not an Instagram person, so I'm well, super sorry. I wasn't, wasn't deliberately uh, whatever. Okay, but. so on that point, everyone who listens to the podcast, go over to Steve's Instagram. I'll put the links in this podcast. <laughs> Follow him and leave him a message and tell him how much you, you appreciate him on this podcast and how that, you know, he shouldn't really be taking maternity leave. That's what I want everyone to do. You're not going to – don't go to my Instagram to look at anything to, and expecting stuff. I'm just – yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm a hermit in – Go ahead. I'm a hermit in real life and I'm a herm, even more of a hermit um, on social media, so – that. Actually, that's not true, you know, because if you go to your Instagram and you click on the next tab where you've been tagged, you will see lots of photos of Porsche. <laughs> yes, I know. So there is actually photos of Porsche there because some people keep tagging you. I don't know who they would be, but people do keep tagging you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, just Ajmal, no offense, but yeah, nothing to see here, mate. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so like I was going saying, Ajmal at Flat Cap Driver has both. Um, and then we have James at, you know, I'm, I'm probably missing someone else, some other people out here, so sorry. But then James at Porsche Platz in Melbourne. Um, James has owned both. He's owned, you know, 944 Turbos. He's owned 996 GT3 Cup cars. He's, he's owned, owned 997 GT3s. He's owned SCs. You know, so he's gone from both. So, he, you know, he's another person that switches between both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing, you know, because it's like, you know, there's not really a preference. You know what I mean? You don't have a preference. It's like, I think with air and water, it's like, what one do I want to drive today? I'd like to sort of see it like that. And I know this is this comes down to money, Steve, but it's like, mm. which one do I want to drive today? If you had both, it's like, you know, different occasions, different car, different feel, et cetera. Yeah, if you've got both and you're living the dream. But um, as we sort of started, like, you know, not everybody can do that. And it's just an interesting kind of thing if you're having to make a conscious choice. Or I think sort of where I kind of started, because I obviously started an air called more because of my age than anything, I suppose, because... When I first got in, I don't think there was a 996. When I bought my 964, I don't think there was a 996. So everything was air cooled. Um, so I, you know, like of my ilk, I guess there's probably quite a lot of us who started um, in air cooled and then we started to fret, you know, like once the water cooled kind of um, cars came in, sort of thinking that the experience might not be the same, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, like, that sort of thread that I kind of had read on the forums about um, making the shift. I think somebody was just out loud asking, you know, like what are the pros and cons of kind of uh, making the shift from air to water. It's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I do remember sort of thinking some of the sort of similar things and having some of the kind of worries that that person was, you know, asking about. But going back in time, right, you you had your 964 Mm. and maybe Mm. the... 996 had just come out but you weren't a fan mm. of it were you no, you weren't a fan of the 996 not. so you wouldn't have moved yep. you wouldn't have thought well i'm going to get a 996 when they become affordable because that wasn't something you were looking at was it yeah and like to more more honestly too like you know i was sort of driving around in a 964 that i can't remember what i paid for you know like 60 or something like that whereas a, a brand new 996 still would have been like what 180 
more back in those days. So it's like three times the amount. I, it's not even an option for me to kind of have done it like in any of those. Um, no, but I'm not. Of but kind of, yeah, but it's like, but you still lusted over. You had your nine six four. Yep. The nine nine three. You were lusting over the nine nine three when you had your nine six four, weren't you? You were yep. lusting over another yes. water cooled, uh, air cooled. Sorry, yep. not a water cooled. And then when I, when I was in my nine nine three, I had driven a nine nine seven. I remember I went and t- test drove a nine nine seven Carrera S with a, a mate who, <laughs> who had signed a big uh, international book deal, and he sort of thought, oh yeah, like you know, this is he loves his cars, so it was his kind of big chance to kind of go and you know, um, go and buy a new toy. So we popped down to the kind of uh, it was Willoughby Scuds kind of right. jumped in a 997, which was relatively new. I think it was probably maybe like, would it, it was a Gen 1, so it would have still been like maybe one year in. So what would that have been, 2005 Five, or six? maybe? 2005 or six, yeah. Well, 2004 yeah. that released, 2005 model year. Yeah, so we jumped in that and I remember driving it and I must admit, no offence to all of us, um, I, I remember sort of jumping in it, coming out of it and sort of thinking, I said it to my uncle, it's like, Nice car, really nice car, but I wouldn't. I even if I had the money, I wouldn't trade my nine nine three for a um, that Carrera S, um, nine nine seven Carrera S. So I, when I had my air cooled cars, I had no hankering at all for um, the water cooled. But if you're going from air to water, you know what I mean. If you've got mm. an air cooled and you think, okay, I want to get out of my air cooled, um, maybe mm. you want to get out of it because you have had it for a long time. Maybe you want to get out of it because mm. you know you can you can you know get a lot of cash back. Um, and you can get something better in water-cooled. Do you know what I mean? So maybe your air-cooled mm. is going to cost the same price as almost getting a GT3 or something a little bit yeah, you know, yeah. higher up the yeah. food chain. Exactly. So I guess that's yeah. that's a good reason to change from you know an air-cooled to a water-cooled. I guess the other thing is too is people still think that, I don't know, modern cars are more reliable. I mean, that has to come into exactly. it, right? That has to come into it. Which I think is like, I, and I, I actually think that that's kind of true, like um, just a bit of a, like really, really kind of quick sort of summary of pros and cons or whatever. Like I think one of the biggest things is that um, it's everyone sort of knows that um, 911s are super reliable and stuff like that. Both my 964 and 993 where I can't remember apart from I got stranded because of a flat battery and I got stranded because of a puncture in a tyre and that was it. It never didn't start on me or anything like that. But on a hot summer's day in Australia, which does get up there, um, you know, you, you you sit there and you kind of look at the temperature gauge in an air-cooled car and you wonder if it's going to handle it or not. You know, like if you, yeah. even if you don't kind of commute and do this sort of nine to five, you know, city driving type thing, even on the weekends, you still wind up sitting in traffic. Like if you kind of sit and, you know, you try to go down military road or, you know, any of those sorts of things, you're going to wind up just sort of sitting there. And um, you do kind of sit there and ponder whether or not, um you know, your air-cooled car really can sort of handle those types of conditions, just sort of sitting in really um, kind of bad, hot traffic. I think and about then on that, top of that... I think about that in the 997 even. I can imagine what the yeah. thought would be when you're sitting in a in a um, uh, air-cooled, you know, especially in 38-degree yeah, well, degree summer days in Sydney, 38-degree Celsius yeah, summer yeah, days yeah. in Sydney. You know, your instinct is always to kind of press the little manual spoiler button in your in my 964 and my 993 yeah, to kind yeah. of, you know, make sure it doesn't sort of, you know, cook too much. And then what I was about to say, like, you know, tr- try not to labour over it, was um, the air conditioning. Like, I never really thought about it until I read this sort of thread as well. And it's like, 
Yeah, it's a really good point. Like you can't live without air conditioning in Sydney and the reality of, um, you know, like I had my 993 air conditioning kind of not overhauled but like it had some major work done to it. I think it was the evaporators and something else. Um, so I had, I got to a point in my 993 where the air conditioning was as good as it possibly could be in a 993 and it really was quite shit. <laughs> so right. um it's like, again, in a hot summer's day in an air-cooled car, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal, like in, you know, Australian, in Australian summers and stuff. So it's not particularly pleasant to kind of sit in them. Yeah, but the 993 was more reliable than the 964 air conditioning, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but it's still not great. still not brilliant. Like, you know, um, not, not what you're kind of used to when you just sort of jump in a Toyota or like anything really. Like the, it, the, it's, it's not a great sort of, you know, experience. And then like pretend you're, you're wanting to go for a drive like um, with Tasha and kind of going for breakfast, you know, like an hour out of Sydney going up to Pete's Ridge or whatever. If it's a really hot day and you're kind of doing that, like, um, you know, yes, you wind the windows down, all that sort of stuff, but it can be a little bit unpleasant. And that, that actually does sort of factor into it. I know that sounds really weird for a car enthusiast to be talking about, no, um, air conditioning. Not but. really, though, because, you know, I have memories of a kid being in cars in, in Australian summer when we had no air conditioning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just yeah, want to yeah, keep, yeah. you just hate to be stopped at a light or stopped at an intersection. Yeah, yeah. You just want to drive and get the wind coming through, you, you know, the window and all the windows are down and you're just dying in this car in, in summer heat. So, you yeah. know, make, and if you've got yeah. a, a, a 911 and the engine's behind you and the heat generated from that engine is, you know, extreme and, you know, like it even gets hotter inside yeah, the cabin. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a valid point. It really is because it's about the experience, isn't it? You still want to be reasonably, you know, people talk about you still want to be reasonably comfortable. You still want to be reasonably comfortable. Comfort, yeah. Yeah. And look, obviously the plus side to all of this is that, you know, there's more noise, it's a raw experience, you sort of feel more connected to the car and all of that sort of stuff, which is absolutely kind of true. Like I love, you know, I, I absolutely love my 964 and 993 and I'd love to have one again. But, um, you know, like I think one of your Porsche chat guys is sort of talking about it. Like on a lot, sorry, just quickly, like on a long drive, if you were going to say like drive to Canberra for whatever reason, um, there's a fairly big difference. Like you'll kind of jump out of an air-cooled car sort of fairly fatigued like it's be similar to sort of taking my gt3 because it's so noisy and all that sort of stuff um you know after a couple of hours you do actually kind of feel like you need to jump out and have a break you're loving you're yeah. loving every second of it but it's yeah. very different like if you had your partner wife whatever with you and you were sort of doing something social like going to a wedding or that type of thing it's a very different sort of um kind of experience as opposed to just kind of doing like the Sunday morning, you know, black down yeah. the old pack highway or whatever. Yes. Um, no, so, I think, yeah. I think I'm, that's a good point, actually. I think I mentioned it to Jack, actually, on the owner's stories because Jack had a lot of motorbikes. He was, he's fully into motorcycles yeah. and um, in the, Jack in the UK has a 911S. <clears throat> and I said, is there, yeah. a, you know, is there similarities between air-cooled and motorcycles? Because to me, I'm thinking, I haven't owned yeah. an air-cooled, <clears throat> but I'm thinking what you just said then kind of makes, reinforces it for me, where like, you know, you get off a motorbike, you know, the vibration of holding being on the bike, the vibrations you feel, the smell. If you're driving it in summer and you've got leather on because, you know, you're wearing leather to protect well, you, you, it's you hot. Yeah. And every time you stop at a yeah. light, it's hot. And then you just want to get moving, but it's still hot, you know. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your head sweating in the helmet with the synthetic in, in, inner layer of the helmet. You know, all those yep. things and you feel closed. I just somehow feel like, is that, 
I know it's extreme and it's completely different. And and Jack made the point that the similarity no, to him is about yeah. the weight balance, you know, between a motorcycle yes. and an air-cooled and a Porsche is the weight balance. But it's also yes. it's like you said, you take the brake, you know, you get off the bike and you feel like you're still vibrating and you feel like you're, I don't know, it kind of feels which, the similarities there. <clears throat> exactly. It's Which is funny because it's part of the fun of it, but then it's sort of like if you're, you know, like if you are one of these people kind of going, Ooh, like, you know, I've been an air-cooled guy for that long. Will I enjoy water-cooled? Like there's some aspects of water-cooled which you actually really will enjoy. Um, and, yes, you kind of compromise a little bit of the rawness and directness and all that kind of thing, but what you kind of gain out of it once you actually make the step in terms of, you know, more bit more power, a little bit more refinement, all of those sorts of things. Um, it's quite interesting. Because I, I guess with you, you went from a 993 Carrera and you went to yep. the top of the food chain almost with the 997 GT3. I wonder oh, well, how yeah. the experience would be. Well, it's top of the food chain. It's, it's up there. It's in the top three, you know. I wonder how that experience would be if you didn't go to a GT3 and you went for, to a Carrera or a Carrera S in a 997. Not that you would have done that. But I wouldn't have done it. See, the thing is, like, I, and that's what I meant, like I actually wouldn't have done it because I was kind of going, oh, I think I'm just going to get a bit bored i'm just i'm not going to enjoy it in the same way and i reckon a lot of air-cooled people probably sort of feel that way about making the move because you could argue um that the water-cooled cars might not have the same character or personality um yeah and it's funny i can answer my own question because i think it's just like what you've done what you can do is actually you can bring back some of the character in the water-cooled cars to kind of bring it a little bit closer to an air-cooled car by mucking around with the exhaust or, you know, kind of tweaking the suspension a little bit and um, all of those sorts of things. Like yeah. I, I, underneath it all, it's still like a flat six engine. It's still kind of like rear engine. It's kind of got all those tran handling traits. It's just um, if you're kind of going air to water and you're sort of worried about some of that stuff, um, then mod. You know, like tweak tweak the car. Tweak it, yeah. Um, so it's because, a bit rawer. Yeah, as standard, it's yes, but like, and this is across the board. You kind of go from a, you know, like a, a C sixty three, like the naturally aspirated AMG, to like the turbocharged one, um, which I've driven both, and exactly that's exa exactly how I kind of feel. But I think you can probably mod the newer one to kind of bring you back some of the kind of characteristics of the older one. And then you can possibly have both the best worlds. Yeah, because a lot of people, world, yeah. a lot of people will get into an. It seems to be that a lot of people get into a water cooled, and then they think, "I want an air cooled." You know what I mean? It seems to be more in that direction than the other direction, isn't it? I don't know. It feels like it's more in that direction no, from the sure. people I've spoken to. But I guess it depends if you're going air cooled. I mean, if you can keep both, I mean, obviously the perfect scenario is to keep both. And we're going to get into the you know the values in water cooled and air cooled. Um, and this yeah. was based on an article that I saw, but it's a little bit outdated and, and obviously it's not exactly how it is anymore. But so what else yeah. is the, what is the thing that someone's going to, you know, what else is there though, Steve? The, the experience, I mean, they're both good experiences. Well, they're both 9-11 experiences, yeah, yeah. air or water. Of course. Yeah. Or even if you're getting yeah. a water, you know, transaxle 924, 928 or whatever. I mean, that's an older yeah, car, sure. which is water-cooled. You know what I mean? So you, ha yep. you, ha you can get an older car that's water-cooled as well, right? You don't have to get a 996 you could get a 944 turbo no, yeah, or a 928 turbo, 928. Um, so you have sure. that option there. I was going to say, because like, you know how you just sort of said um, that you kind of go from, it seems to be a more common thing to kind of go from water to air. 
And like, I'll just throw it out there. Like, I wonder if to some degree that's a bit of this kind of weird sort of romantic notion, if you know what I mean, that once you kind of get to um, sort of Porsche ownership, that you kind of feel like you're supposed to have this appreciation for kind of the old air-cooled cars. But I wonder if there's anyone out there that sort of goes and does it and kind of goes, oh, shit, don't really like this. It's, you know, it's old, it's crumbly, it's, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, like you kind of, I wonder as a Porsche enthusiast, whether you kind of feel this pressure to sort of have an appreciation for the air-cooled cars, but maybe there are people that don't. Yeah. And is it going to be that thing like, you know, they always talk about like you you get one and then it's not going to live up to your expectations and you go, oh, this is yeah, not really for me. I prefer the more modern 911s, yeah. you know, and I'm sure that's happened to a lot of people and it might have happened the other yeah. direction as well. You know what I mean? I want a, I want a water cooler oh, and then I go into the water cooler and it's like, uh, I really like the, the rawness, the originality, the the period, you know, the experience of a, of a 964, 993 or a G series or G body or whatever, I think- you know? Anecdotally, I mean, I sort of feel like that because I still do miss those traits from my air cooled. And I think when you kind of read stuff on forums and stuff like that, that does sound like the case that a lot of people kind of go, oh, wow, you know, really love my water cooled, but I actually do miss some of the traits of my kind of air cooled. I don't know if it, wonder if it happens the other way around if you yeah. kind of did that. Well, I, I, I'll just tell you a little story and you, you'll remember this person, but a, a, a guy that I used to work with, work for, um, had a mm. years ago had a had a 911. He had a 71 or 70 T. I think it was a T. It wasn't an E. It was 911 T. Um, Peter, yeah. Oh, yeah? yeah. Um, yep, and yep. <clears throat> I used to get a lift in that car, and I I really didn't think much of the car at the time. I wasn't really, they weren't really on my radar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was mm-hmm. small. It was noisy. He had problems of breaking down all the time where he couldn't change. <laughs> He'd break down <laughs> on the Sydney Harbour Bridge with the rubber band, as he used to call it, would break and the, the gear linkage or whatever it was. I don't know what the part was, but it happened yeah. all the time and he would break down always on like the Sydney Harbour Bridge or somewhere really bizarre late at night. Yeah. Um, but Natasha said a good thing. She said, is the 912 the same as what Peter had? And I said, yeah, it's the same body shape. And she mm-hmm. said, but that wasn't, a, that wasn't a nice, that wasn't an enjoyable car to be in as a passenger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a passenger, she said it wasn't <laughs> enjoyable. And it's like, well, that's yep. the 912. Yep. You know, this is my wife I'm talking about. Before. That's the 912. Yep. And it's like, yep. but why would you, you know, you couldn't just have that as your only car then because she said the nine, yep. the 997 is such a much better car. It's more comfortable. It's yes. performance. It's sound. Yes. The, way it, the way it drives. Like, you know, her remembering that car of Peter's and thinking, yep. well, yeah, I don't really like that experience. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Now, Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and it's a tricky one because, you know, I want a 912, and I remember that car very well. I never drove the car, but I was in the car sure. a lot. I was even in the back of the car. I somehow managed to fit in the back seats. I don't know how I ever mm-hmm. fitted into the back seats of that car. But I just remember it being small. I remember it being noisy. Hot? I don't remember it being that hot. I mean, I remember the windows were always down in summer because, it, you know, the, the air conditioning obviously didn't work. Um, mm. but you know, that was a, it was still a good car. I mean, that's going back in time though. He paid 30, he paid $35,000 for that car in, when he bought that car. Mm. So, but interesting what Tasha's, yeah, look, Tasha's memory of it is, you know what I mean? And, and, yes, yeah, and yeah. I've got blurry eyes and I think it's all fantastic, but maybe it's not as fantastic as what I think it is. Uh, yeah. I'll layer it. I know we'll probably get to it at some point, but then you kind of layer that into like, if that was, if you were spending like 40 grand Aussie to kind of go and do that, then I think you would sort of forgive like a lot of those sorts of um, 
sort of fairly big compromises that you're yes. making in terms of it's hot, it's noisy, it's uncomfortable and blah, 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 blah. But I still kind of get to the point where you go, oh, geez, like at 100 and whatever it is, 120, 130, 140 plus, yeah, you keep going. And then um, like is it still okay that like that you pay that much money for that type of kind of experience? Yeah. I don't know. There's the price outweighs the experience basically. It gets to a point where yeah, the level is yeah, so yeah. high, it becomes sort like of. a museum piece, and it's more collectible, and it's like a thing you just a thing of beauty you just enjoy and drive it every now and again. That's all it well, is. Well, I think you probably just scrutinise it less too, because you know, like if you're only paying thirty grand or forty grand for it, then yeah. you kind of forgive it for some of its sort of sins. Whereas at like a hundred and something, you kind of go, hmm, I could be driving as something else instead for. And that. I think Steve, I think in you know what are we, 2021, I think mm-hmm. in three years' time we'll be looking back and we'll be talking about Boxsters. We'll be talking about 986 Boxsters mm-hmm. and we'll be saying why didn't we buy one when there were only 30,000, 35,000. Because I think the Boxster, and I know there's been other articles about this where people sort of think the same. I think the Boxster is just underpriced at the moment and I think it will get to a point. It's 25 years old, right? There's people coming into the car who who weren't alive, people who could buy that car, weren't alive when it was launched, <laughs> right? And they're going, I can get a Porsche. I can get a Porsche Boxster. You know, I can get this car for like no money. And 986s are very unreliable though now, aren't they? I think they're pretty, they're sort of made of chocolate basically. I don't know if I'm making that up. but <laughs> Tasty, you mean? <laughs> but uh, Yeah, I'd, I think if you're going to be getting in, yourself into a box. Swiss chocolate, that really thin chocolate, you mean? Mm, super thin. Yeah. <laughs> I think you want to at least be kind of getting yourself into a 987, not a, a 986. But yeah, but I, you know, boxes are still a good bargain. I know, I know what good, you're saying. Yeah, they're still a good oh, car. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, what else, Steve? What else? I mean, what can you buy on a budget, um, though? See, this is the problem. If if you're going from air yeah, to water or water to air, you know, like th- we've got to a point. We really actually have got to a point, haven't we? Where there's mm. really not a lot of. Um, options it's bloody hard it's hard to find something and i can see why people are buying 996s we keep saying it because absolutely there's nothing else yeah like even that article that you just sort of sent me before we kind of started about like um you know affordable um air cool and the affordable water cool it's like "Mm, those cars still aren't cheap (laughs) yeah 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 Um, so you know, like if I'm just going to quickly flip to it, like no, the there's an old there's an old article that I found this morning. We'll just tell the listeners there's an old article mm. that I found well, yesterday, actually. Um, you know, and where are the choices if you want air or water? I mean, obviously there's more choices in bargain water cools than there are in in air cooled. But in saying that, mm. you know, it's harder to find bargains in air cooled. It's not impossible um, if you look outside your local market. If you look to the US, if you you know, you have to. I think Nick, uh, and I'll refer back to these to the to Nick, Jack, and um, flat cap driver Ajmal as well in this because yep. I think they show it show that you know there you can get a nine twelve, you can get a nine eleven S. You might have to compromise a little bit, but if you go through different means and you find different ways to find these cars, not going through you know auction sites, not going through car sites putting out a feeler on forums and asking if anyone's got a 912 for sale, you will occasionally get people who respond to you who have a car who are not really wanting a lot of money for it. There's still, there seems to be still people out there, Steve, in the US from having those conversations with Jack and Nick, you know, um, mm. who have a pretty nice car 
and in some ways still want the car to be taken by someone who's going to like enjoy it and look after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And and if you're yep. willing to do that, you know, you, you, you can still find bargains. Um, you know, look at Aj- Ajma with his 996. If you compromise a little bit, you can find a cheap 996. You know, a nine, yep. the 912 he bought was not expensive, but it was not cheap. But, you know, he still found a 912 at a reasonable price in the UK. Based on UK prices, it's still reasonably cheap. Obviously, in US prices, hmm. there's cheaper ones in the US. So hmm. it, 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 it can be done, but you have to be patient and you have to look at other other ways to find the car, you know what I mean? To find someone who's not advertising it, that you're the first person that's looking at it. You know, like Nick said in his story about his white 912, it wasn't advertised. You know, he had time to ask the guy questions to find out and he ended up getting a really good deal on a really, really great 912, you know what I mean? A really great 912. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible. But affordable affordable uh, water-cooled cars, Steve, mm. what's the most affordable at the moment? Apart from the 944... Yeah, I know it's tricky, isn't it? I don't really follow. I'm just looking at the article that you sent, so I'll quickly kind of rattle them off in terms of what's on this um, list. Actually, this is written in 2014. Yeah, it's very old. So, I mean, look, you've got the 944, 924s and 928s, right? But we all know the prices of those has jumped a lot in the past few years. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, maybe the 944s. Then they're talking Boxsters and 996s as well, but even them... I mean, I, I guess know, the Boxster, I guess the Boxster and Boxster nine eight six nine eight seven and the nine nine six. There's still bargains to be had. I guess you can still find reasonable prices in nine four fours. Nine two eight seems to have gone up more. It seems nine two eight's become very popular. And you know, once again, Steve, it depends on the market, doesn't it? It depends on where you're looking yep. at it. You know, if you're looking in Australia, you're looking in the UK, you're looking in the US. Obviously, it's going to be your prices vary yep. a lot, a lot. Yep. What about air cooled though? That's harder, isn't it? Affordable air cooled, affordable Porsche air cooled. It's worse. <laughs> I mean, the article that you sent that was written in 2014 states a 964 as being one of the most affordable air cooled Porsches. And look, that's this is dated massively because this is pre the kind of weird 964 boom. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I can't think of um, sort of a relatively inexpensive um, air-cooled car, I guess, and mm. relative to what, I don't know. But, um, you know, uh, I think I suffer from that kind of thing of, you know, um, back in the day I can actually remember when a you could get like a good 911 for like, you know, 30, 40, 50 grand kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, those days are long gone. So I suffer from that. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard to get... I mean, I don't know. I mean, the article, like Steve said, you know, 914s, it says 914, 912, 911C, 911SC, Carrera 3.2. We'll forget about that now. Uh, and the 964 was number one, the, you know, the best value air-cooled, affordable air-cooled. Well, we know the 964 is over. Um, you know, they're just going up crazy. 993s are still a little bit lower than 964s, but they look like they're just turning and they're just, you know, I think if you haven't bought one already, buy it now because I think the 993 prices are going to just go crazy, Steve. It seems like they're going up very quickly now. Mm. I think out of that whole bunch, I think out of the whole bunch, I guess you can still find an okay 912 at an okay price, but you have to be willing to restore it and do things to it. It's not going to be perfect. Um, yeah. 914, the same. You know, you've got to worry about rust in 914s. You know, you got if you want the four-cylinder engine in the 914, I'd still get the 912 over the 914. Unless you can find the six-cylinder 914, but then they're like 100,000 US. They're too expensive. And then you come to the... Are there many of those? I never looked in Australia. Are they uh, are they easy to kind of come across? 
Not anymore. Unfortunately, no. <clears throat> not anymore. No. Okay. And a lot of people uh, have bastardized them. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll use that word. Oh, okay. Because yeah. they were so cheap, and a lot of people have done things to them, which is, you know, they need a lot of. If you want to keep it original and reverting it back, it, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. You know, places like Bring a Trailer and stuff, not Bring a Trailer, uh, Beverly Hills Car Club and Bring it. you know, they have lots of old ones that are really need a full restoration. So you're going to have to put a lot of money into it. I guess right. I guess out of that list on the affordable air cools though, you know, we're saying this, we'll go back to Jack again from, future, from past owner's story. He got that 911S and he wasn't shy until, he, you know, he told us how much he paid for it. It was 20 odd thousand US dollars. Mm. But, you know, mm. it's, you have to be happy with it. He's happy with it. Mechanically, it's great. Paint's not great. Mm. It's got patina. Mm. But, you know, if you're happy, if that's what you want, then that's a great buy because that's a crazy buy for a 911S, for a 76 911S. SC, Steve, I think there's one in Australia advertised at the moment on car sales for around 87000 I forget what James at Porsche Platz uh, told me it was, James in Melbourne. He said they should mm. be around... I think he said around 60 or 70 is where they should be. He said you shouldn't pay over 100 for a, nine, for a 911 SC. But there was quite mm-hmm. a few advertised for over 100 and they've all gone now. So people are buying mm-hmm. them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not on top of it all. I, don't, um, I actually don't really follow kind of the values yeah. um, much but, anymore. So Yeah, but I think, you know, like if, if you're looking for air or water-cooled, you can see why people are getting into water-cooled because you've got the 996 yeah. and you've got the boxed up. You've got those transaxle ones in the middle there if you want something a little bit different. You've also yeah. got the 997. You can get 997s at low prices now, some. Yeah. Um, but yeah. once again, not manual, probably not a manual and probably not in Australia market. Maybe in the UK, US market you can get bargains. But, you know, like I said, it's yeah. very, it's very you know, location-based, these prices, because they vary by so much it's very hard to keep track. And it makes sense to bring in cars from the US into Australia, Steve, as we know, but that's really air-cooled and that's what people do. You know, left-hand drive is not such a big deal. I was about to say, like, some of the bargains that sort of occasionally pop up in car sales, like for a 997 or anything like that, I think I sent... Oh, you mentioned the 991 Turbo. Um, yeah. There were personal yeah. imports. You know, like occasionally a car comes in from the UK, like somebody obviously relocates and brings their car with them. They bring their pride and joy with them or, you know, um, from Hong Kong or something like that. And you can possibly pick up something, um, you know, quite a quite a bit cheaper than um, the um, standard prices for a local car, um, which makes it sort of quite tempting. It does actually because that 991.1, that was a Turbo S, wasn't it, that I said? I think that was about yeah. 100,000, almost 100,000 less than the than the Australian delivered cars. Yeah. Which is a lot. And like let's face it, you're getting exactly the same experience. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, just, it just means that, yeah. I mean definitely if you're just kind of going, hey, I'm just buying this car and it's for life, then... Uh, you wouldn't think twice. Um, yeah. It's only come resale time where you sort of um, have to maybe sort of second second guess. But then I guess when you think about um, like pretend it was a 964 that was a personal import, I don't know how they are right now in terms of their value. Um, like if um, if a sort of imported car is that much less valuable than a local car now. You probably could get a left-hand drive 964. I don't know about in the UK, maybe US models. But you're right, the 964 now is for Australia, you know, when they're over 30 years old is when you, um, you know, is when you can bring them in easy. And the 964 is now 30 years old because you can get the 1990 model. So, you know, it's 30 years old. So you can actually look at bringing those in from US or UK. 
Um, I don't know how much you'd save. I mean, I guess it's not about saving, though. It's about getting a 964 in the spec you want because they really rarely mm. come up now in Australia, you know, in manual. Yep. And in yep. Carrera I, too. I, I think I, I sort of partially meant future value. Like, um, as an example, the mate that um, now is in the, the GT3 like mine, his previous 911 was a 964, but it was a Hong Kong import. It was brought in from Hong Kong. So okay. we're talking, and he owned this car, well, how long ago would that have been? Like 12 years ago, maybe, I guess, something like that. I'm just kind of curious as to what the worth of that car is now, like given that 964s are all the rage. So like would the fact that it was a Hong Kong import, how would that kind of compare to like a local car in terms of value these days? Would it be mm. still that much less valuable or because they're, you know, so revered just, you know, point blank and because it was a, you know, good condition manual car, like it probably is still like worth an absolute fortune regardless of whether it's a personal import. Or yeah, not. true, true. All right, mate. Anyway. I think we've hit our time. We've gone a bit over today, but that's okay. Anything else before Have we, we go? Talking shit. No. <laughs> so, I, I mean, you know, ideal situation, <laughs> you know, we always come to this conclusion where we're like millionaires. Ideal situation is you have an air-cooled and you have a water-cooled. You know what I mean? That, I mean, that to me yeah, is... Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think it would be... I actually think it'd be quite hard to go from water to air or air to water either way. I think there's going to be things that you're just going to miss from both. Obviously, the perfect I scenario so. is get both. You know what I mean? Which is what my plan is. That's the big, that's the grand scheme of things. That's the plan. Well, the other one is a resto mod. Go sing a star. Or a resto mod, yeah. Resto mod. <laughs> yeah, but then you need but, you know, um, 500K. You, <laughs> you're more. up for even more money. So, yeah. <laughs> that's US dollars, 500,000 US, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that singer soul we were talking about recently, the one that was for sale on that, on, uh, for sale at... Collecting uh, Cars? Sother yeah. Collecting Cars or Sotheby's? The one we were There's talking about. There's one Collecting Cars as well. It went for the, I think they all went for pretty big money. I think it was, um, yeah, it was a lot. I think it was seven, eight hundred thousand pounds. Really? It? Pounds? Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? Well, Collecting Cars, I think, was pounds. So, yeah. I mean, it's a great car. It's a great car. If you can afford it, I guess you do it. You know, why not? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Okay, so that's about it for today, Steve. That's it. Nothing else to talk about? No, all good, mate. All right. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Take it easy. Have a good week. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yep, you too. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast and bye for now. <laughs>